right, welcome back to another new episode of the Seven Lakes Sports Podcast. I'm your host, James Kovaleski. As always, I'm joined by head football coach and campus uh, athletic coordinator, Jimmy Hammond. And coach, Thursday night um, at Legacy Stadium, we, we dropped a 42 nothing con- uh, decision to the Tompkins Falcons. But man, I was there calling the game for Texan Live, and it just, I think that score is deceiving. If you were just to read that in the, in the paper the, you know, or online the next morning, I, I don't think that tells the whole story, because really, to me, in the first half, I thought we did a really good job controlling the clock. We had some very time-consuming drives, and we were continuing to move the chains. I mean, that, that, that was my take of it in the first half. I'm curious, what were some of your, your thoughts from the first half of action um, against Tompkins? Probably the, the main thing that I would say um, is we, we really shot ourselves in the foot um, last week and this week with three turnovers in the first half, and you know, in 1968, when you turn the ball over three times in the first half, that makes it very, very difficult to, you know, obviously get a rhythm offensively, you know, put your defense in a bind. Um, and and it, and it creates some separation between the teams point if they if they capitalize and, and the Tompkins did it points some put some separation and some points uh, between you two that makes it uh, feel a lot different than what what it really what it really was. And I know you can't take those plays away, but I just wonder in the last two weeks, had we not turned the ball over, what would those games in the first half been like? And even so, we again against Taylor, we were in a 10-10 ball game um, uh, at the half. But you know, this one was was just was just a little tough to overcome. Now, the, one of those interceptions, if I remember correctly, Coach, and you you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you know we threw an interception, but it, it was returned, you know, all the way down to maybe what the inside the five, like to the two two yard line. Do you remember who it was that that chased that down? Because that that was an incredible effort. Because that ended up keeping them off the board. They did not score a touchdown on that drive. So who was that that chased down the 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 uh, corner there? Yeah, that was Barrett Hudson back there. Wow, uh, great job uh, running it down. And, you know, it took a while for him to get him down. But that's why you tell the kids that you pursue the ball until it gets in the end zone because right. you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, they ended up getting a couple penalties. We kept got a couple tackle for losses. And all of a sudden that two that two yard starting position ended up being a field goal of about 35 yards. So um, you know, we made them go backwards uh, between their penalties and our tackle for losses to keep seven points off the board and, and rather three. And that's a win for the defense. Anytime Absolutely. that you can, you know, you're going to start a turnover inside the five yard line and to only allow three points. That's huge for the defense. All right. Looking at the receiving numbers, uh, Davis Yates, two catches for three yards. Kaiser Floyd had a catch for eight yards. Carter Hatton, two catches for 14. Uh, Peter Noonan had one catch. Uh, Ryan Fowler also had a catch. Uh, Jake Ferris, one catch. And Luke Robinson had one catch. So as, as kind of has been your pattern, uh, several, <laughs> this is a, a great distribution. Um, so this is something we've seen throughout this season. Uh, Sean Patel continuing to really distribute the ball to whoever, whoever it is that's open. Do you, do you want any comment on that? Is, is, uh, this impressive number of players that have broken into the stat sheet here? Yeah. I mean, that, that's just who he is and that's what we're going to continue to do and, um, spread the ball around so that they can't lock in on any one guy. And, um, we'll continue to, we'll continue to do that. Now, uh, the, the statistician was unable to record the punting statistics, but I did feel like Colin Mills had a really nice game, uh, getting some nice punts and helping us, you know, we had those tough field position as a result of some interceptions, but he was able to help us kind of combat that through, through the, the punting game. So anything you want to speak to with, uh, your senior punter, Colin Mills? Yeah, Colin Mills has done an outstanding job. You know, Colin Mills is also uh, our backup quarterback, and he, he is about as selfless as they come. He's exactly what you would want out of a senior football player. He's a two-sport athlete, 
Um, and I mean, I, I'm, I just can't say enough good things about Colin. You know, he brings a lot, a lot of intangibles uh, to our locker room and to our practices that aren't going to show up on the, on the stat sheet. Obviously he's a holder. He's our punter. He's, he's our backup quarterback and um, just uh, incredible kid. And I know he's going to do great things uh, once he graduates from seven lakes high school. Absolutely. And then at the quarterback position, Sean Patel uh, took all the snaps at quarterback. Uh, he would, or, he threw all the passes, I, I should say. He was nine for 19 for 26 yards. And again, hit some passes early, but just some some of the decision, there there were a couple of interceptions mixed in there. And so again, we talked about this last week. For a young quarterback that was so impressive against Memorial, that really was kind of generating some buzz up in the press box where I was broadcasting the game. A lot of people were so impressed at his at his pose and moxie. And, what, what, his poise and moxie. One thing that I noticed about him, you guys did a really good job running the draw play. And so for listeners that aren't familiar with what that is, that's where you you make it seem like it's a pass and then you hand it off at the last second to the running back. His ball handling is exceptional. And I, you don't usually see that from young players. Like he really sells, he has really good footwork, takes a really hard, deep drop to make it look like he's, he's going dropping back for a pass. And then he's just able to just really adeptly sl- and slyly hand off the ball. Is that something, I know you're a former quarterback, Jimmy, I just want I want you to speak to that the, the ball handling that, that he's displaying. Can can you can you speak to that? Is it something you're working on in practice, or does he just kind of naturally have it? Uh, I think he does it naturally, but obviously with with being an under center team that uses a, a variation of, of uh, ways in which we hand the ball off, you know, to to running backs, to fullbacks, to to uh, jet sweep receivers. Um, there's a lot of things that he's doing with his hands and his feet in order to make those plays look believable. Uh, and he does a great job. It does a great job of that. You know, uh, the draw is something we had been practicing for a couple of weeks and, you know, uh, we were ready to actually put it in the game uh, this week. And it was a good change of pace for a, kind of a third and long call. Um, but honestly, I feel like that play can be called whenever you want, but yeah. um, he does a good job um, uh, of, of doing it. And he does it both. And in this, I don't know how technical you want me to be, but he does it good both to his right and to his left right um and so we were able to do it both ways because he's able to do that uh pretty fluidly jimmy i was kind of chuckling to myself i don't know if any of the listeners watched the texan live broadcast hopefully they're all at the stadium and they're not watching texan live but there there was a third and long where i said you know what I bet you Jimmy Hammond runs a draw here and he did. And we got a first down. And I think there was one time I said the same thing about a bootleg and he did it. So I think I know you well enough. I was able to correctly uh, predict two of your play calls there, but uh, they, they were successful. So that, that was great. Looking at the rushing numbers uh, again, I love this distribution, 14 carries for Barrett Hudson, 11 carries for Jake Ferris, 65 and 58 yards respectively. So again, just the balance there. I mean, they really are, simpatico is what I actually what I said on the broadcast I mean they they are they work together as one and it's really cool to see that kind of even distribution and can you you want to speak to that again as far as uh Barrett and Hudson's performance uh, Barrett and Jake Jake's performance um in in last week's game yeah I mean both of them had uh you know a, a pretty good game you know it's hard it's hard to talk about you know feeling like you were really good offensively when you don't score any points but they both had a good game and and they were good between the tackles um you know they they each uh you know Barrett shifts and shakes a little more Jake's a little more downhill runner and I think that gives a nice little one-two punch but uh they're never complaining about they should get more carries or they should get more touches or or sometimes it's like one of them gets us close to the end zone and the other one finishes it off. That's happened before. And you never hear any kind of complaining. And so um, they're, they're team first players. And, and you can tell that um, with the ability to share the, share the ball like they do. 
Thunder and lightning. Maybe that's what we can start calling. It. We should make have t-shirts made because I, I I would love that. But uh, another thing besides uh, shaking and shimmying that Barrett does, he hurdles. I've, I've had the pleasure of broadcasting two games where I got to I got to announce a, an incredible hurdle. I got to ask you to uh, maybe I should ask Coach Pollock or one of the guys in the track team. Does, does is Barrett Hudson a hurdler or is that just something he just does on the football field? Uh, you know that's one of those things you kind of do naturally. I think when you're an athlete and. And uh, we we caution him not to do it too often because that's, <laughs> it, it, you know, you put your, you expose yourself when you when you hurdle somebody. Um, and so, you know, we like to keep his feet on the ground and use his ability to cut laterally at times. But, you know, if you're, if you're going to go low and try to take his knees out, that's not a, a bad thing to use uh, in, in, I guess, seldomly, not 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 too often. I've got all these T-shirt ideas, Jimmy. Thunder and lightning for Barrett and Jake and uh, let Gary cook for Gary Dang. I mean, Kerry Finnison, if you're listening, let, let's get some budget and get these T-shirts floating around campus. I think they could be a hit. Uh, the Booster Club maybe can sell them before the games. But uh, looking at the team stats, um, let's see. So first downs, 12, 40 rushes, 123 yards. Um, penalty again penalties you know there there was i'm showing two for 20 yards i I know one of them uh was a kind of a dubious personal foul that we were talking a little bit off air just that i watched you defend your player and and you did a great job just trying to give the official the business because um we don't need to go into all the details but i I feel like we were erroneously penalized there but um anything you want to say as far as that aspect of the just overall game management of penalties and things of that nature we just got to put the turnovers with those penalties or really I should say the lack of turnovers with those penalties. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, two for 20 in a football game, you'll take that in on one for 15. Right. You know, you'll, you'll take that every day of the week. Um, you know, they had seven penalties for 50 yards, you know, and so, you know, we didn't subtract some turnovers and I feel a whole lot better. Now looking at these defensive metrics, Jimmy, and again, this is one where it, it's really deceptive you know, some again, someone I always say open the paper. Nobody does that anymore. But you know, someone maybe look at the score, see forty-two to nothing, be like, oh man, defense didn't play well. But if you look at the numbers, they really did. I mean, uh, as far as points per possession, you were at three point one eight, which I I believe your goal you said was three. So yes. you're re- actually, I mean, I mean in a, against a really tough opponent in a game where we we were you know one sidedly beaten, to, we're pretty close to our goal, which tells me we actually played good defense. A lot of those were on short fields, uh, like you mentioned, and eventually those short fields have a cumulative effect where the defense gets tired. And I kind of I felt like you know maybe I saw that a, a little bit. Um, but yeah, as far as third downs, you did a good job getting them off the field on third downs. So anything you want to say just about your overall defensive performance? I think we really played well on third down, and that's been something we've been focusing on and. And we were, you know, we were successful 80, 83.3% of the time uh, on third down of getting them off the field. And, and that's the best we've done all, all year. Yep. I just, uh, the, the thing that we're going to, that kind of jumps off is we kind of get, we gave up too many yards per play. You know, we had too many explosive plays, you know, one that was kind of a backbreaker uh, coming out of halftime, right. yeah. a, one, a one play drive that really, yeah. really hurts because we had made them work for everything to that point, And that one really hurt, um, kind of put the game at a, at a position where your four scores down and, and feeling like, you know, a lot has to go your way to, to get this, to get this, uh, righted. I do want to go back and say one thing. I do want to recognize Jared Young, you know, in the second half, he was able to rack up 12 carries, you know? And so do you, can you speak to that? Just, you know, um, just his ability to, you know, get you through that second half, perform well, and, and really 12 carries in a, in a high school football game. I mean, that's, that's right up there of what Barrett and Jake had. So can you, can you speak to Jared Young's performance uh, with the 12 big carries that he had? 
Yeah, he, he came in nicely, and we were really glad to have him, uh, able to kind of take some pressure off us in the second half um, whenever we were we were, you know, kind of looking for an answer. So, you know, Jared Young came in and did, and did a good job of that. So we're, we're proud of him uh, for what for what he done. This is his first real action of the year. So we're uh, real, real glad with uh, his ability to get the job done. And looking at some of the defensive metrics that I scanned through total tackles, uh, Will Krennic pops out to me with five and a half. He also had a PBU, which is a, a pass breakup. Um, Jackson Marchitello. Uh, you know, a, a young guy, sophomore, uh, you know, getting some really probably m way more snaps than I'd seen from him before. Uh, had three big tackles, forced a fumble, uh, you know, so he was kind of Johnny on the spot there uh, making some things happen. John Paul Johnson turned in four big tackles and a tackle for loss. That's that's not common for safety to get a tackle for loss. That shows his run fitting ability. Um, some others, Austin Easterling, as always, you know, is active three and a half tackles, including one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Patricio Diaz, you mentioned last episode, he's really turning in a great senior campaign. He had a quarterback pressure and a fumble recovery. Uh, Trip Cox, uh, you know, I referenced in the game against Taylor, uh, he had a quarterback pressure. I mean, just from looking at these defensive uh, individual numbers, anything that, that you'd like to recognize? Yeah, I think uh, Matt Fowler played really well, a sophomore cornerback. He played mm -hmm. really well, had a, you know, had a, a tackle and a half for a loss, which yep. is kind of interesting out of a cornerback position, but he played a lot more physical and a lot, a lot tougher, and uh, did a did a good job of, uh, you know, really improving from week to week to week. And you can see those younger players really start to have to, you know, fi figure out the speed of the game, and, the, and he's doing a good job. So I'm really happy with, with the way Matthew played. All right, and then we look at the sub-varsity results for this past week. The JV Blue Team uh, and the J JV Blue Team fell to Tompkins 28-6. to The JV Orange also fell uh, to Tompkins. Uh, ninth grade Blue was in a, in a dogfight. They, they fell 12-0, uh, and uh, JV, or excuse me, freshman Orange, you know, fell as well. But as, as I look at these scores, um, especially that, that freshman game, I mean, man, that's, that's, that's right there. And, and Tompkins, you know, for, for those that are newer to the district, they, they have kind of been – the number two team behind Katie overall in the district in recent years. So, I mean, it's a very difficult opponent. So I guess what I'm saying is even though we weren't able to pick up a win this past weekend against this past week of, of games against Tompkins, there were some really competitive games, particularly that freshman game, but just what was your overall takeaway, you know, walking away from, from those Thursday night sub varsity competitions? I just was really pleased with the freshman blue team. They, they really battled hard, um, played really well defensively, they were physical. You, you're seeing them, them play at high school speeds now, mm -hmm. uh, and and I really and I really like that. Um, using a variety of guys on both sides of the ball. You know, we're still you know a lot of a lot of their freshman season is trying to figure out what position will they play. They play both, but they play two positions: an offensive position and a defensive position as freshmen. And it's really trying to figure out what position are they going to play in the future. And so uh, a lot of those guys. Uh, were showing us, um, or at least kind of pointing us in the right direction on on what side of the ball we think they're gonna they're gonna play down the road. So really, really pleased with with uh, the the way the freshman blue team played. Um, they were they were uh, like you said they were in a dogfight, and it really could have gone. It was it was six nothing for almost all of the of the of the game. Um, they gave up a touchdown right at the end and kind of got worn down on defensively, or might have been even a little tighter. 
And, you know, we, we move ahead into next week. We're playing the Morton Ranch Mavericks. And this is a, a team that, that's been really competitive. They were a playoff team last year. They got the fourth playoff spot. And this year, they were uh, they, they, they win a very close game against Peyto. And then this past weekend, they took Cinco Ranch all the way down to the wire, uh, falling 49 to 42. When you, The things I've seen from, from Morton Ranch, I mean, they, they have a really – excellent inside linebacker uh dean ford kind of stood out to me they have a really big physical uh running back ryan hall and they have a, a guy named mike gerald who's kind of a, a swiss army knife a utility guy i've seen him play receiver i've seen him uh, take snaps in the backfield and i believe he's committed to the university of minnesota so we're we're talking a big time you know power five fbs football player out there so when you looked at the tape against morton ranch jimmy what did you see well exactly that you know defensively their defense uh dean ford makes plays all over the field uh, from his inside linebacker position. So he's, he's a great player. Um, so we're going to, you know, obviously you always want to block your inside linebackers, but it's mm-hmm. even more important to do mm-hmm. so with, with him playing. Um, you know, Mike Gerald will play on both sides of the ball. He'll punt return. He'll kick return. He'll play quarterback. He'll even play defensive back when when called upon. So uh, he is, the, you know, he's an all-everything player for Morton Ranch. And, of course, you already mentioned Ryan Hall. Does He's a great between-the-tackles runner. Um, so – you know, they're one and four right now. Uh, and, you know, their one win is a one win, one point win against Peyto, but they don't look like a one and four team. Uh, and I would say we don't look like a one and three team. So I think we're going to go out there and uh, I would be surprised to see a 49 42 score. Uh, All right. But, you know, crazier things have happened. <laughs> sure. And what uh, as far as uh, game times, and I know we, ta- we mentioned last week, we're kind of past the heat warning. So parents that are listening, you can pretty much count on these times and, and dates unless there's some kind of uh rain or lightning delay but well, jimmy what, what's the schedule for this week's action all right this week we have the jv teams at home uh we have the orange team starting at 4 30 versus morton ranch and our our blue team at, at six or just immediate following we we'll call it six o'clock at home our our freshmen are going over to morton ranch at the same times 4 30 and 6 our varsity plays friday night it'll be our junior high night Okay, uh, and it'll we will be the visitors at Rhodes Stadium at six thirty p.m. on Friday, uh, September 29th. And Jimmy, I'm I'm glad you bring up junior high night. If if there are, I really do hope some junior high parents have found out about this show and are starting to listen and, and become curious about the program up here at Seven Lakes. What what would you tell junior high parents that maybe they're they're new to football, their kids are new to football, they don't know. I mean, any advice you want to give them as far as what they need to be preparing for, what they can expect in the summertime. I'm just, you know, if, if any junior high parents are listening, since it is junior high night, uh, just what, what are some things you'd like for them to know? Well, the main thing is just uh, play all the sports you want to play in junior high. You know, all the ones that, that are available to you, football, basketball, track. We added junior high cross country this year. Um, so, you know, play all those sports and don't get locked in on any one thing. I know we got a lot of, in our community, we got a lot of baseball players that play football and mm-hmm. don't think that those two things can't go together. So, you know, uh, you know, plenty of our guys, you know, speaking to Colin Mills, he's a prime example, Owen Wade, a prime example of varsity athletes on at, at, at two sports. So just, you know, keep an open mind, uh, let those, let those junior high players uh, figure it out as, as they, as they continue and know that they can do it all. When, when they get to seven lakes, I think for junior high night, this would be a great night. It kind of, if you don't have any uh, experience at the high school level, you know, letting your kid come down and, and uh, participate in the junior high night festivities are going to be on the field for, for uh, warmups. Um, they're going to be on the field with us whenever we run through the, the, the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And that might not sound like that big of a deal for an adult, but that's a really big deal right. 
for a right. seventh grader or an eighth grader um, to get in that tunnel with the, with the varsity guys to get to run out, to hear the band playing. They don't get that on junior high games uh, when they're playing at five 15 or six 15 on a Tuesday afternoon. Sure. Uh, it's just a whole different feel on, on Friday. And then getting to be in the stadium, you know, watching, watching us play. And I think we're going to give them a good game to watch here against Morton ranch. So, um, you know, we, we always want to <clears throat> promote our junior high programs, uh, at both Beckendorf and seven lakes junior high. And, and we're, um, you know, happy to have them on the field with us, uh, this Friday night. No, it's really cool, Jimmy. And, and just for fans listening, it's kind of a peek behind the curtain. You, you're not just a football coach. You really, you know, what your job is, is, is maybe it's, a lot of it's actually outside of football. It's organizing, it, it, you know, it, it's organizing the feeder system with the junior highs. It's the other sports as well. And I did want to bring up, you kind of reminded me for the fans that have been a fan of this show last season, you know, in September, we kind of were a little bit football centric, but as we go on into the fall, we, we really talk of all the coaches. And I had a real treat last year, got to speak of all the coaches. It was really cool seeing the camaraderie uh, between the coaches and uh you know they speak very highly of you and i know you do uh of them as well but one thing i did want to recognize the ring presentation ceremony at the game last week i just thought that was so cool of course our, our seven lakes high school boys of our city soccer team they went all the way i mean they were the state champs really cool run i mean did you want to, anything you want to say for fans listening just just of that really cool um i thought that was great to have the ring ceremony there at, at midfield at halftime just anything you want to add to that for for, for fans that are listening yeah, they had kind of a more private ceremony uh, in, in the in the field house uh, pre, uh, during what what was pregame for the football team. Um, but you know, for them, it was before the game, and so you know they were able to get a little more intimate, actually have their rings presented to them, um, and then able to be recognized. I think I think when you have such a strong, I mean, a strong um, athletic program as we do at Seven Lakes, it's really nice to be able to honor them. In, in a very community-based um, uh, situation as a football game is, because you have so many people there. You know, there, football a, is a game that kind of brings us all together. And um, a lot of the seniors of, of that had graduated, that was a way to, you know, have them come back right. uh, during that time to, to get their rings. And, of course, we want them to get their rings as soon as they can get their rings. They were they were ready just a few weeks earlier, and so we had been planning planning this ceremony for them and, and then a great way to recognize them in front of their, in front of their community um, mm -hmm. in front of a lot of people because uh, they deserve all of that recognition. And, you know, the first KDISD uh, soccer team, boys soccer team to win state. Wow. Uh, I didn't know and, that. And, you know, they're back. They, they went to the state tournament in back to back years and, you know, they have a lot of their, their pieces coming back and I, I'm sure they're <laughs> looking for a three P. Can't wait to speak of Coach Jimmy Kruger, yeah, and and get ready to preview that season when it comes around. But yeah, again, so um, let, let's just wrap it up one more time. You said Friday night, and was that Legacy or Rhodes? Yeah, we're at Rhodes on Friday night, six thirty start time. We're the visitors. Okay, visitor side Friday night. Let's get there early. Let, let's wear our our navy and orange and be loud and proud and go Spartans.